What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the other side of the firewall podcast, where we highlight those movers and shakers and glass ceiling breakers, those people of color who've made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. My name is Ryan Williams, and today I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Aisha Hollins. She is the Chief Information Security Consultant of PMP, VCISO, and so much more. So thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, if you can go into a little bit more detail of who you are. Certainly. Um, again, Aisha Hollins. I am the founder and CEO of Dorensic Technology and Consulting. We are headquartered out of Monroe, Louisiana. We recently just expanded into the Dallas, Texas market. So we started our second um, location in Dallas, Texas. Um, about eight months ago. So we're very excited about that. Um, We got started in digital forensics and cybersecurity back in 2008. Um, Just kind of, you know, just moving things along. I know we got started in in, uh, digital forensics first, Um, just kind of working with attorneys and, um, you know, preparing things for court or um, helping to kind of bridge that gap between, you know, what was known and unknown with regards to all the things that was coming of age with, you know, computer crimes. And uh, then in 2010, we went ahead and we married cybersecurity with digital forensics. How do you be proactive instead of just only being reactive, right? So we were one of the first companies to just kind of publicly marry those two um, frameworks together, the digital forensics and the cybersecurity. And we've been rolling ever since. That is awesome. Um, So with that being said, um, that that partnership, uh, was that uh, just like your inspiration, like is that your your? It was one of those were your passion, or was was it a combination of both? Like, how did you get to um, that place? That's a great question. So, as a child, I um, I used to, I was always curious about how things worked, right? But I also grew up during a time where computers were very, very expensive and tearing up things was not necessarily the way to go. (laughs) My parents would have killed me if I tore up a computer, Um, but I still wanted to know how it worked. So I started figuring out how to get into things from the back end. And as a child, my father used to tell me, you need to be a legalized hacker. Neither of the things were really a thing yet. But from the, I was a child, you need to be a legalized hacker. He's through the moon right now, by the way. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) And, um, but for me, getting inside of files and different things like that, you know, it it always kind of came to me. Like I really, and I enjoyed it. Um, I did go to school in computer information systems. Um, Well, technically I started in computer science. I recognized early on that I was not your traditional programmer. I could program. I enjoyed it. But I was not one you could put baby in a corner, right? <laughs> and tell her code all day. I'd go crazy over there because I need to talk to people. So um, I changed my major. And um, either way, it's kind of how it led into, I did, you know, once I graduated, I was working as a programmer for um, CenturyLink. 
and um, which is now Lumen. But we were working hard to figure out how to recruit technology students to CenturyLink because it was hard. They would graduate and they would always move away because there were there was the the auspice that there were no technology jobs available. And um, in the midst of one of my universities was uh, Southern University. And so I had to go back and forth to Baton Rouge. Um, during that time on one of my trips, um, there was a case. It was just in the news at that time. I will not give the year. Um, and there was a guy and he was fighting for his innocence. They had, they had basically, they had infiltrated a um, pedophile ring. I don't know if you want that in your podcast, but that's what it was. Right. And, no, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Okay. And uh, he was fighting to prove of, of everybody in the ring, he kept saying, but it wasn't me. And um, so as I'm driving, thinking about it, and especially at that time, how do you convince the cops or anybody that you didn't do something? You're adamant that you did it, but nobody knows how to look into the, you know, was I a man in a middle attack? Was I, because all of those were not common phrases at the time, right? It was just his word to say, I didn't do it. And so I started, I looked at it and I said, he needs help, but who, who would his attorney work with to help him? So I started looking into it and, you know, the more I looked, I'm like, this does not exist. Like this is, there is no way that defense team didn't really have, everybody was using the same set of data that was coming from one particular point and not necessarily knowing that what you were getting back was being interpreted correctly, if I could say that safely. <laughs> so right. as I looked at that, I, I just identified a need. And so I did, I looked into it. I went back um, to school to get a couple of certifications and, um, but I was still working at CenturyLink. And so I started, like I said, I started taking on just small cases, just here and there, just working with law enforcement and, uh, or attorneys. Um, so I started, they started doing pitch sessions. So I pitched my company at a, a startup. And when I pitched my company, I was pulled to the side and I was told, you're, you're on the back end of it. If you can get in front of it and start offering cybersecurity, you'd probably go a lot farther because truthfully we were with digital forensics it's case by case and only what comes up at the time. And so when they told me that, I went back, I sat down with my university, I talked to them, I pulled some other professionals to the table, and we started looking at how to do cybersecurity and digital forensics together. And there you have it. That's real uh, trailblazing. So like when, it, when it came to uh, mentorship, so you said your, like your father encouraged you, uh, and he saw that you had that, that passion. Uh, and then you said you had uh, someone you spoke to who basically told you to to marry it. But um, obviously you're a self-starter, you're self-motivated. Um, what type of, um, for people who are out there who are trying to figure out like, what, what path do I want to, do I want to go? Like what pulled you, um, like who were, like who put that fire uh, to to say, hey, you need to basically take it and run with it? Um, was it was it more of a work associate? Was it more like a coworker, family member? Like who was that 
that person. You hit the nail on the head when you said, um, I'm definitely a self-starter. My father has owned his own business my entire life. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to run my own business. I just did not know what that business might be, right? Right. Um, but identifying needs, um, I ha- my person, I have a personality trait where I, I love helping. Um, my father's also a pastor. So, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, we help a lot. And so initially jumping out here was, I wanted to be of help. I, I knew things, I had learned things, but how do I properly implement what I had learned to be able to help? the individual that pulled me to the side, they were speaking from a place of frustration. Um, It was a group of doctors. That's who encouraged me to do it. They were saying it was when the laws for HIPAA had just changed. There was another, you know, we had high tech HIPAA had been introduced and they did not know how to roll it out. They were getting all of these fines and different things that were happening and that was the that was the ask. They didn't understand digital forensics. You know, well, what happens after we've been breached, but who helps us before we're breached? And so that was the conversation, which just sparked some more investigations. In those investigations, I find there's no one doing this yet. And so that for me said, there is a need. You can help. Let's just get started. And that's what I did. That's refreshing. Uh, I, I say that because uh, obviously the the, uh, the reason for the platform is to uh, help people who are you know starting a cyber journey, uh, who are in the middle of their cyber cyber journey, or trying to you know find that upward progression, uh, and then put them in connection with people who, like yourself, are in that you know that top three percent. Uh, those people who have made it, you know, broken those glass ceilings, become uh, senior leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, which you're hitting all those things. Uh, you know, through your business. Um, so I, I, th- I think that in itself is, uh, is admirable, but, um, but then to, uh, you know, come on this platform and then basically give those, those, uh, those keys of wisdom uh, is definitely amazing. Um, so I, I'm kind of jumping ahead because uh, I definitely want to get more into the the forensic side. I definitely want to ask you some questions about, you know, just different levels as you moved up. Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question. Like, so when it comes to the the helping and whatnot, um, uh, I don't want you to plug anything at the end. I would rather you plug it, you know, uh, earlier. Uh, like, what are you going to, to, to do um, in your, um, your sponsorship? Like, what are you, what are you looking to do in the future to, to help people? kind of a long question right I guess if I had to condense it down (laughs) uh do you have any platforms you're trying to uh to start because I mean you have so many irons in the fire you're you know you're doing uh uh some high level things um just just in in this conversation you've hit like three different things that you're you're currently working or or uh wrapping up uh what is next when it comes to the 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 movement to help uh you know people of color just anybody who's looking to, to get into cyber just I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. And, and it is definitely hard to ask that question. Um, for me, I have, um, I started or I co-founded with a, a group 
you know, back in Louisiana. It was NILASEC and uh, Northeast Louisiana Information Security Professionals um, that got together every month just to talk through trends and what's going on and provide education. Um, I have also, uh, every summer uh, until COVID, um, I run a summer camp for disadvantaged youth that, you know, we, we come in and we teach them um, because I think in a lot of ways, a lot of things are lost in the cracks, right? We'll, we will be really quick to say, well, if you don't go to college, you can't do this or that. We've not identified what they could be naturally good at, whether they go to school or not. And that is a huge argument that is in the industry today. Um, you know, it's talking from podcasts. Um, you're looking at the education versus certifications. Um, and a lot of them, in both cases, they want you, and we see in cyber all the time, we want individuals who have all of this experience, um, all of this expertise, but where do they get it from? Because the jobs don't allow you to come and do the work until you can prove that you've what? Done the work. So who let you do the work? Um, some of your uh, certifications, the Certified Ethical Hacker, the CISSP, the old curriculum release, PMP as well, five years of work experience before you can even sit for the exams. So who's opening those doors and who's, who's allowing these students and these people to see um, this is something that I can do. I'm really, really good at it. It comes naturally to me because for me, I think um, it's kind of like law enforcement. You, you got to think like a crook to catch a crook. You got to think like a hacker to catch a hacker. And you think all these hackers went to school first. Some of this Pre- is natural <laughs> talent. Yeah. I tell people all the time, they, they ask me, um, I got to go back to what my dad said. Be a legalized hacker because I was hacking as a child. Now, I can't say that, like, I didn't hack my parents and it's nothing that I should get arrested for. Like, let's not investigate me. <laughs> I didn't hack my school, but there were things that I was doing on my home computer that he recognized, right? And so um, one of the arguments is I have later on certifications, but when I graduated, because I graduated from college in 2003, so I'll date myself, it's okay. Um, You could not, I could not have gotten a cybersecurity degree, right? So you're telling me that I'm not relevant in the industry because my initial degrees aren't in cybersecurity or digital. Those are things that I had to be self-taught. You do have to be motivated. And I think in a lot of cases, we take away the motivation of our youth, of our kids, of even for those that want to transition careers later. So when you ask what it is that I want to do and where I'm going in this industry, I'm literally, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a way to how do we introduce people to this industry? How do we get them caught up without making them feel bad, without having them feeling like they got to go back to get a four-year degree just to get 
started or without being discouraged by all of the rhetoric of in order to be certified, I have to do this or that. It's all about making sure that we can help people transition. So yes, I'm working to you know, get my podcast off the ground. I'm working to put particular programs in place to make it safe where people can go and learn. I don't care your age, right? I don't, we we spend too much time putting people in boxes. And the thing about technology is nothing about cybersecurity comes in a box because if they stayed in a box, I wouldn't have a job. So that that is perfect. Like you summed it up like perfectly so for like the past i would say three or four weeks uh i'm not sure if you're on clubhouse yet um but if you're you are okay so like you perfect that's perfect venue for you um uh definitely start your podcast like i I definitely encourage you uh to do that but on clubhouse what i found is uh so i I don't mind public speaking at all I'm, i'm if anything i i enjoy if i'm passionate about something i can definitely talk about it endlessly uh but Clubhouse, it feels like very raw where you can reach people who are completely different fields. Like you have somebody who's like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a SUS, but I'm thinking about going to cyber. And then you kind of break down, you know, here's, you know, X, here's Y. And like you said, what's your passion? Like, what's your natural talent? So I, I think that's that's incredible. Uh, definitely uh, keep doing that. I will definitely find you on Clubhouse. Uh, if you want to like, uh, what's your, your username? Aisha Speaks. I think. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So yes. Uh, if it's not, I'll put it somewhere in the description. Like we'll we'll definitely get them squared away. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely going to follow you because uh, that that's uh, inspirational. And you're speaking about a lot of things that we are are debating about, right? Like, so uh, I see the flood of uh, degrees, but no experience. Like people are like trying to get their 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 bachelor's before they've even. Uh, test equipment because like job applications are saying, yeah, you need, like you said, five years experience for this, two years experience for that, but how do I get that experience? So yeah. I think that's, that's definitely commendable. Uh, yeah, so it feels like, I'm sorry. No, go I'm ahead. Hey, you're, you're good to go. We are deterring people from, you know, a course right. of action by putting a lot of roadblocks in their way. And I'm in the, the the mindset let's just remove those those roadblocks and let's change how we think you know um I think in a lot of ways we we as a people we like to talk about oh I'm waiting on somebody to open the door for me right right and in some cases what if you are the door you create the way you, we can have all these visions and think things. That's why I'm so, I'm so very proud of you starting your podcast, getting it out there. And I don't want to say start for a while, but um, it's as we were saying, you know, before sometimes we can over plan things, but there are people that have been waiting for a while for us, just open the door. Let me see that it can be done. Talk to me. Yes, I have my degree. I do, but my cybersecurity there, it was not possible at the time, but I still made it work. And you can too. Um, as I was saying before, uh, one of the things that I'm working on is an assessment. I think we should be able to, as I said before, technology is a lot like medicine. And that, that breaks up into all these different fields all these different segments. 
how do I decide which, which avenue I want to go down? Luckily, medicine already, they, they've already plotted that out. But over here in our arena, it's not plotted out. We, we're not having those, we're not normalizing conversations of, am I a hacker? Am I a programmer? Do I like data mining? Do I enjoy looking at monitoring, you know, looking at intrusions in and out? Is that my cup of tea all day long? Because we like buzzwords. We're people who love good buzzwords. Well, I'm in cyber. Can you write a cybersecurity, uh, a, a policy and procedure? Is that what you want to do with your day? You know what I'm saying? Do you enjoy the research that comes along with it? Or, you know, there's, or are you thinking, Every day is vulnerability assessments. And even if every day is a vulnerability assessment, are you writing the, the report afterwards or are you just doing the intrusion testing? So sometimes an assessment will look at, okay, let's talk about what this entire job entails and what about it do you really feel makes a fit in your life? then decide to go that path. Because when you start talking certifications, well, I went and I got my A plus, but I got security plus, but I want a CEH, but I want to, and then we'll jump in a chat. Well, which direction is best for me? And I see that question all the time in our uh, Black Information Technology Professionals group, you know, right there on Facebook. I see the question and it, and it pains me not to answer that question but the real answer is you have to know first what you want to do or else you got alphabet soup. Aisha Hollins, PMP, CEA, CISSP, CIA, that, 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 that. And at the end of the day, your counterparts are looking at it going, they can't figure out what they want and they still pass you. There's yeah, undereducated, <laughs> overeducated. We've heard it all. That's very true. Uh, so if you were to uh, like distill it down to uh, not a certification, not a degree, um, definitely have to have the passion. Um, what would be something, um, a publication maybe, or uh, maybe an online just class? You're not even trying to get a certification. You just want to take something just just to see what's out there. Where would you point somebody who is brand new to cyber, who's listening to this podcast? I'm, I'm an advocate for Udemy. People would say, mm, okay. I, I uh, Cybrary, C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y. It's another really good um, resource that I would, you know, tell people to, you know, kind of go, go to. Again, it's still going to be difficult because even when you get there, in some cases, you are inundated with information and you still don't know where to start. Um, and so that's why I said right now, um, it's something that I'm working on, but I haven't finished it yet. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good trainings that are out there. You know, you can point people in a lot of directions. YouTube is phenomenal. <laughs> um, but those two definitely, Udemy and Cybrary, um, definitely if you're looking in the, in the arena of cybersecurity, I would say Cybrary. That's perfect. So yeah, so I've, I've spent hours on Cybrary, um, 
like uh, I don't know if you've you've listened to Kelly Hinderhand at all. Uh, like that's that's my go-to. Like uh, she she got me through my CSP. Uh, but so I, I think I think your answer is perfect though. Like uh, just find a, a tool, preferably a free tool, right? Something where you don't have to invest a lot of money in case you don't like it. That's um, right. I had a, a, a young gentleman ask me, um, like, basically for study materials for CSP. And I'm just like, uh, so what have you done in the past? Like, what are you currently working on and whatnot? He was like, I'm still in college. I'm, I'm in my sophomore year. And I'm like, bro, like, not to discourage you, like, it's something you should strive for in the future. But I was like, there's so many hoops to jump through. Like, you could pass the test, but you, you're still not a CSP. Like, the, these, these titles are not what would make you phenomenal at your job. It's your passion. Like you said, you have to have the passion for it. And then it's also uh, what, what do you know? Like, because if you, if you can't speak intelligently to whatever that is, you're not going to get through, through the, uh, the interview. Right. Um, it just feels like people are rushing. Like they're trying to catch, catch this, this cyber wave, which has been around for like two, three decades. Um, but they're just getting too far ahead. So I, I think that's, I think it's perfect. Like there, there really is no specific, like I would say if you, if you have to pursue something, I would say definitely, like you said, you to me, see, see what you like, dabble around, you know, like look around Cyberry. Also, you can find some free tools. There's some paid stuff on there too, but don't commit until you, you kind of know what you want to do. So no, I, I think that's perfect. So this interview is kind of unorthodox, but I definitely wanted to capture like, you're, you're definitely going somewhere. I wanted to get there. Um, so I guess, I guess we should back up a little bit. So from your, from your titles. So like, again, it's not about your titles, about the experience. It's about, you know, what took you to get to that point. Um, did you start in project management? Uh, or is that something that came along the way? So the reason I asked, like, like most of these questions are supposed to be for the audience, but some of these questions for me, I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> so I'm also a PMP. I'm, I'm just fascinated when I talk to other PMPs. Uh, because again, it's not about the title, but it takes a certain mindset to want to pursue being a project manager because it's the most frustrating thing <laughs> in the midst of it. But it's it, the once the when the process clicks, ah, it, it just feels so good. So, yeah. Okay. So, and my only thing was I try not to give really long answers. I feel like I give really long answers, and I don't mean to. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's perfect. So oh. it, it, uh, someone will pick up something like regardless of, of uh, how long the answer is. And they're like, you know what? I, I get it. it. It clicks. Yes. So technically in college, like I said, one of the, I, I would definitely say the greatest takeaway from my undergraduate um, was they gave us one class right before graduation. It was project management. And um for me, it checked all my boxes. It was like, ding, 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 you know? Um, but I did. Upon graduation, I went in as a programmer, systems analyst programmer. So I was programming, I'm writing code. Um, but I found that I was really, really good going back to my client, going back to the customer, telling them things that I did that was very repetitive, redundant, and there was, there was no automation around it, but it was very automatable, <laughs> if I can give you a word. Um, 
But that going back to that client for me and sitting with them and talking with them, coming back, testing that tool out and then rolling those things out. That for me worked. I developed really great relationships with them. So it was as I'm working as a programmer, I'm, you know, sitting beside, you know, the project manager, um, certain things I'm hearing them talk about. And that for me just initially clicked. Um, so I did, I started looking into project management because I never forgot that I loved that course in class, um, or, you know, right before I graduated. So I, I went initially into project management blind, um, didn't really know whether it was going to be a fit for me or not. I went to my, my boss and I told him I want project management. Um, they went about it in a way where they felt like they needed to hold my hand because I didn't know it. Right. Um, but when they, when they put me in it, my, the, the, the boss they gave me was like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with you. You got this. Right. <laughs> and because for me, I'm a big picture person, I guess I should say that, um, taking something from beginning to end and understanding the, the various pieces and parts, understanding the importance of your stakeholders, making sure that they're comfortable, understanding how much this is going to cost me, having to be able to have those conversations back with technology and with your team, because so, they have to know you know what you're talking about. And just little by little, as I piece those things together, I recognize, because like I said, my undergrad is in computer information systems. My master's became in project management. It just worked for me. That for me was a fit. And so I went back, I got my master's in project management and then later went on to get my PMP. And do you uh, believe that those fundamentals that you picked up uh, in learning the framework and what have you, uh, is that another key to success? Is that what what gets you to being a a successful business, you know, uh, entrepreneur, runner, things of that nature? Ryan, I would say so. I would say, I tell everybody, each and every client I take on and project that we roll out is rolled out with a dedicated project plan developed specifically for it. Because I actually, um, what we learn in, in, in project management, there's a structure there. Um, yes, not everything falls within a mold, right? Nothing, everything is unique. And I think I love that about project management because it tells you right in the very beginning, a project has a unique, it's a unique thing. It's a, a, a specific start and a specific end. And so um, for me, yes, I utilize those principles when I roll things out. Um, I think it helps you identify issues in the beginning, and that's one of the things that we did, we started, as I said, digital forensics, cybersecurity, but I had to change the narrative because when we first started, yes, cyber has been around for, you're right, decades, but in the South, Louisiana, I do digital forensics and cybersecurity, and they went, you would what, 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 what? That's all I would get. No one understood, you know, what I was saying. They understood technology. So I would get a lot of, can you fix my printer? It broke. I could, or I could send you somebody that could do that better. You know, that's (laughs) not what I'm here for. Um, And so 
I became, we, 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 we marketed it as issues management resolution. You oh, tell okay. us the issue. We will give you a resolution wrapped all the way around it, that project management. Okay, you could come and you could sit down because now your problem isn't just the problem you came to me with. Maybe your network is not set up correctly. Maybe just because you sat down and connected the printer to the computer that did not necessarily fix, it wasn't even a solution that your organization needed. Were y'all even having that conversation? Um, so for me, uh, yes, I use it. I utilize it. Uh, I feel like it was very beneficial. As I said, I sit on the board that started our project management chapter right there in Monroe, Louisiana. We didn't have a chapter. Uh, when I went to take my PMP, the closest you could go to take a class was in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, to get my, to do a boot camp, I had to come all the way to Dallas, Texas to take my boot camp and to take my exam. Because again, I find myself unintentionally trailblazing. But I recognize that things need to happen and I jump in and I do it. Um, you can't sit around waiting on somebody else to do what you, what God showed you for you. Right. Right. That, that is definitely that that encapsulates it perfectly. Um, so. I didn't ask you almost any of the questions I, I wrote down and sent you. <laughs> it's quite all right. I've we'll get doing- we'll. We'll get there. What I, I do like this. This is why I like the, the podcast format. Like you can have a a, a, a genuine con- conversation, and, and it comes out with actual like facts. It comes out with you know a, a recipe for success. Yes. Um, so I, I guess when speaking of, of recipes, so you, you see we have we have we have uh, PMP, we have uh, legal hacking, as as your uh, your father would say. So you have the <laughs> ethical hacking side, uh, digital yeah. forensics. Uh, I, you know, I hear uh, defense and death as well sprinkled in there. Um, <laughs> there is a lot going on, but they all complement each other. Um, so I, I'm trying to think like, are there any areas where you um, kind of see yourself trying to, to go in the future or, you know, cause like you said, you don't want to, you don't want to be overeducated. Like I, I find myself like, not knowing when to stop because I want to know the information. And if I'm going to get the information, I might as well get the, you know, there is a piece of paper attached to it. Yeah, I'll get that as well too. Um, but is there anything that you see yourself heading towards in the somewhat near future? Like, is there any, anything you want to pull into the, uh, the business? You have phenomenal questions. And um, uh, y- yes, there are things that I, I, I see us doing. Um, and I, I have to challenge myself to stay on course. Um, as I said, we started digital forensic cybersecurity. Um, we do cybersecurity strategic planning for clients, um, disaster recovery, a business continuity. Um, then we, you know, we kind of branched even further into, um, I had a case where a client came in, their entire business identity had been stolen, which is a little different than your personal identity being stolen. So we began to work on um, digital marketing with the preface of 
identity protection for your for your company. Um, so we had that area that's currently not being done. So I still get a what, what, what? Yeah, what I've, I've never heard of that before. So I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, you know, we have um, everything that's going on with the change of with COVID. You had telehealth. Uh, we do telehealth installations. We do smart technology te- uh, installations. Um and then uh, we, we've had a very big area of training, and I'll explain that. Um, for me, I have a, I'm a very hands-on type learner. And, and though I, I love education and I love learning, I just have a different approach to it. And so that um, sit me down and just kind of want, want, want me. And in technology, that's really not, you know, for some people, they can grasp it, but no. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, you're, you're tech, tactile, like you need to put hands on, on whatever the, the concept is. I, I definitely hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Make it make sense. This does not make sense. The words don't mesh and make sense. So when I first started with cybersecurity, I started doing cybersecurity awareness seminars because, again, that's why I said they didn't understand what was cyber. So I would go in and I would do trainings and I would scare the devil out of people, right? <laughs> they can do that? Yes, they can and probably already have. And since you don't know that they could do it, <laughs> you might want to look into that, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> So I started getting asked a lot. We love your training style. Can you train other things? Like, don't just, don't just scare us. Can you train other stuff? <laughs> and um, so for us, literally, our next progression after cybersecurity and digital forensics was training. Um, but it was also a great marketing uh, tool for us because what you'll be amazed at, and probably not amazed, is when you walk in and you start training staff on certain procedures or this should not have happened and then give them a break, right? Immediately, they start telling you all the ways they do everything you said they weren't supposed to. Everything. Don't put your password under your keyboard. You you know Susan got hers right up under the keyboard. It's the... (laughs) And be the funniest things, you know, people come back and they start telling you everything. And so it, for me, I could walk away from a training and um, because the way, because again, project management, what do you do? Lessons learned. Those are huge at the conclusion of any project, right? What are your lessons? What did you take away? And so what I started doing with those trainings was going back to management and saying, according to your client or your, your, your employees, this and this and this might be an area you might want to focus on, right? And so it just kind of started that dialogue of, oh, really? Because now it's specific to you. It's not holistic. It's not this wide open approach that anybody could have done this. No, this is specifically going on in your organization. And this is maybe something that we want to do. Um, but when you start having those conversations with the IT departments or even calling IT departments, our defenses go up, right? Because initially what you're doing is 
you're telling me I did something wrong. It's like an audit. And so therefore we're defensive against it. We can't afford to be a defensive against it. We have to find a way. Let's have these conversations. Let's, let's normalize the conversation. And so that's what we began to do. We began to work to do those. That for me is definitely an area that we're going into. It's normalizing unnormal things and having those, let's, let's bring those out. And I'm developing programs that tailor that. And my goal is to get those rolled out. If that makes no, sense. That, that definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I like the part where they start telling on each other though. Like that's, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Cause you know, cyber awareness training is, uh, uh, mind numbing and it doesn't really get the point across. So, you know, to, to switch up the delivery to, to help those people. I, I like the scaring part. Like <laughs> I'm supposed to deliver uh, information protection uh, uh, class. And I was like, I'm going to take that. Like I, I'll start out with a scary story. <laughs> That's no, one ahead. of the things I love about what I do. I, I tell anybody, I absolutely love what I do. The cases that come in, they, they, are, they are night and day different. You know, it's like you get some really, really good ones. And then, yeah, you know, you get the occasional boring one. But, ah, you know, eventually you're going to get back to some really, really good ones. Because the, right. the things that people don't think is a problem until it's a problem. And then now they're running and they're, they're, they're scared. They don't know where to, where to go or who to call and who to here to help. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's, that's great. So I, I guess to uh, kind of get a little bit deeper in, into that, but uh, again, no, no, uh, no trade secrets or anything like that uh, when it comes to trailblazing. So uh, the, the, our initial re, uh, exchange was, I was looking for someone to ask questions about, you know, what is a V-CISO? Uh, what do they do? Cause it's, it's, it may not be a new concept, but it's new to me. Right. Uh, and we talked about on the, on the, uh, the podcast, um, the article we pulled the information from, I believe, sent us down the wrong path uh, of what it was. I, I think we mis we misrepresented it um, because it was kind of talking about how uh, this person would be uh, kind of like a part time worker for a fraction of the cost, and I was just like, if the if the sizzle's in the title, like that's not that's not what you're getting. Um, but then I started asking the question, and I was getting a lot of gatekeeping, like people were kind of like. For confidential, you know, reasons they don't want to share. I get that. But I was kind of looking for like the day of a v, v CISO. And you're the you're the first person I ran into who was uh yeah, I think you were in the the bit form trying to find other V CISOs. Like I'm a V CISO, I'm looking for other V CISOs. So I was like, hey, I got questions. <laughs> and, and 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 again, uh, you know, personality and what have you, it definitely not gatekeeping. It was uh definitely uh on the the, the helpful sponsorship type type level like hey we can talk about this and uh and, you know i'll come on the podcast so initially that was going to be the the podcast but uh, again your story the recipe like i think i'm getting a lot of uh keys here that will help a lot of people so that's why i pivoted so hard from the initial questions we'll, we'll get there <laughs> well this is all good stuff but uh i i have to ask the question uh so what what is a day in the life of a, of a visa so like what does that look like okay so <clears throat> We, we understand, let's just say, uh, let's normalize, uh, Chief Information Security Officer. So what a Chief Information Security Officer basically is that person that is managing the processes around the technology that happens for an organization, right? 
We are that person that looks at what are your issues? What is the budget, right? Because we have a lot of companies that until this point, we're now starting to normalize, um, making sure that we have a dollar figure assigned to what we do for our technology. We did not. That person who makes sure that cybersecurity awareness training is happening, um, are all of our processes and procedures up to date? Are we meeting and within compliance? So chief information security officer, boom, kind of in a tight little bubble right there, okay? Virtual means you have a lot of companies that need everything I just said, but I cannot afford to necessarily keep you on on staff for the whole year. And I think in a lot of ways, in some cases, it's because we, we still have not completely recognized the need for a CISO, right? We, we're not, we're, we're, we're getting closer, not yet there, right? Right. So virtually you work for me, but you work for others, you know, at the same time. The way we structure it at Dorensic, um, sorry, I'm not plugging myself, I'm just saying, the way we structure it. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, what we like to do is we, we'll get like a chief information security officer that has specialized in a particular arena. So like for us, we do municipalities. Um, we have, it, it's a lot has taken off in the arena of manufacturing around um, cybersecurity. You realize you have all of these hacking and leaving ships in the maritime. They can't get in and out of the ports and um, or you can't export in and out because you don't have your cybersecurity frameworks in place or your firewalls are set up to be able to do business the way you're supposed to. Um, hospitals, fi- uh, finance, uh, the financial industries, all of those, you have regulatory constraints that really require someone to know that language, right? You need somebody that literally knows, you know, what you're looking at and what other people are doing. And so though a day in a life of, or virtually, um, what you want to be able to do is call on expertise. So what we do is we have you, you put us on a retainer. We come in and we develop a recipe specific to your organization. This is one area where doing a cookie cutter is not going to work for you, right? And we have to understand that. Yes, I can get canned cybersecurity awareness training, sure. But as we, you and I both know, it is it's painful. We've taken cybersecurity awareness training. We've put it on the computer where our employees are multitasking and they're, they're just clicking next, next to check off a box that says, I did it. Not recognizing that, okay, that's fine. You can let them check that box. But when you are breached, the liability lies with you. We have to then begin to have that conversation. When that investigation starts, when you have to reach out to your clients and own the level. So now we're having those conversations. Well, I'll just get cyber liability. How much liability did you get? And what's covered in that liability? And in that liability, your 
your employees that just clicked through but could not dare pass anything to show that they really did pass the awareness train, they left the door open. So now you're looking at, I got cyber liability that can't pay for it because it's got to come out of my pocket because the failure lied here, not there. We also have to look at, you have insider threats. Um, that's why we said, when you're looking at, I get a lot of people, you'll be amazed at the number of people when cyber, cyber security became the thing. You had a lot of people that spun up, you know, big name companies that started saying, we offer cyber. They offered you a, what is it called? Um, I had the word right on the tip of my tongue. They offered you virus protection. They, you know, they gave you back something like that kind of ramped up a little bit. And then because you didn't know the challenge, you didn't know the challenge, the software that they told you, you don't know those questions to ask. you got cyber protect, you got, you got virus protection with a cyber label on it and nobody's challenging that. And again, if they, if that becomes a problem, how do you address it? So those began, that's the thing that we begin to say, budgets, what, what does your budget look like? Who talked to you about it? Did you put enough aside? In the event that a disaster happened, God forbid, except we just lived through COVID, the first ever freeze that we have not had in a very long time. I live in Louisiana where we just had unprecedented hurricanes, tornadoes, all sorts of happen. Well, if nobody is bringing that to the forefront of the conversation at the board, see, at, sometimes you gotta have the board has to think about some of these questions. One of the things that we, we offer are tabletop exercises. What's the tabletop? We bring those executives in. We set off a fire in your organization. It's a hypothetical fire, but we set it off. And what we allow you to do is watch the reaction of your staff in real time. What, let, let's watch them figure out they don't know what they're going to do. Let's show you how long your, your organization will either be down and can it survive it. Then let's, once we've had that conversation, now let's push back and take those same executives into a boardroom and now let's develop what we need to develop, right? Let's, 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 let's write that out. And so that we can safe, you know, safely secure our investment, which is our organization, because the key is not to lose your organization. That if, if we can invest in everything else to make sure that we're staying on top in the forefront, then why would we not, we're gonna, we're gonna put all this money in marketing and then, but all of your clients can't come to you. I can't swipe my card because every time I swipe my card, there's somebody on the back end that's, that's either spoofing my network. All of these, these things that we know that language, they may not. And it's our job to bring that to the forefront and fight to make sure that our organization is having the right conversations at the right level. Are we within compliance? And then, so yeah, we'll come in and we'll do that for you. And then, no, you don't owe us 
insurance. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to give us benefits, but you do have to pay us. And then our job is to make sure that when things change in the industry, I recognize this change impacts these clients of mine, right? Because I'm still your scissor, whether I sit there all day, every day, but I need to be able to say, okay, I have five clients that are in the restaurant industry. I have six clients that are in the medical industry. Let's, when, that, when that law changed, you didn't have to worry about it. My job was to come back and make sure I told you what you needed and let's put a plan around it. Phenomenal. That, that summed it up. Like, I, I know more now than I, uh, you, you put my imagination to shame. <laughs> in, my, in my head, uh, I, had, I, had, uh, I had not thought about the, uh, I was thinking more microcosm, right? I was thinking like, it's a person in, the, in their home who is chiming in from time to time to provide that information, uh, you know, awareness training, uh, maybe uh, you know, making sure that your your uh, your patches are being done, your viruses are being, uh, you know, your signatures are being updated, things of that nature. Like you just, like no, it's the real deal. It's really uh, a sizzle. But maybe your company can't have one there full time on on premise. That's right. So that's perfect. What what you said, if the IT department is set up correctly, that should just be the IT department, right? Whether or not your patches are in place and um, you've rolled certain things out, a really good IT department should have those processes, right? Right. We, we talk about asset management. Um, asset management is a huge deal. And you have a lot of companies that fail on just their asset management plan. Who has, who has this particular computer who, who has the rights to sign in and log in. We fired Paul 18 months ago, yet we still see him on the network. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> these are all conversations we don't like to have. And we will, that's why I said, when we come, when I come, I, I, I like to say, I had to learn to tell people, we're like the police. There's a, there's a axe murderer loose in your neighborhood. And we came and we knocked on your door and we said, ma'am or sir, there's an axe murderer loose in your neighborhood. And we came to let you know, please close your windows and lock your doors. Put, put your dog away, close this down, close that down, right? And you looked at me and said, you must be the murderer and close the door in my face. That's what we face when we go to different oh, wow. companies. They then see us as the threat. Now, if I were the murderer, would I have knocked on your door and told you to close your door? Let, so let's go back because you're an IT person. You get it. So I came and said, close that port, close that opening, reevaluate that. And instead, you looked at me and said, you're the threat. I can't afford to have you. No, sir. You can't afford not to have me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, now you're preaching. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think that that would, that right there uh, 
you sure you don't have a podcast? You're not gonna start one out. You should start tomorrow. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're already there. I told you. I've been planning it. I have all my material. I just have not stopped long enough to record myself. But right. yeah, I'm ready. I just you gotta you gotta get started. Like like I said, like so uh like uh one of one of my uh, mentors it's it's uh done is better than perfect because perfect is never done. Like that that's it's it's a good mantra. Like obviously you don't wanna, you know, half-ass anything, excuse my language, but you know, you'll 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 never get started if you don't get started. Like you're there. All you gotta do is just cut the mic on. Thank you. So uh, I, I, I and I, I'm definitely gonna jump in, I'm definitely gonna jump into one of your clubhouse uh uh what do they call it clubs yeah. <laughs> we'll brain shut off for a second so there there's typically some questions that I do ask um that I, I I didn't ask you only because like uh I obviously I try to get the perspective from uh you know a person of color whether it be a, a woman of color or a man of color just kind of like you know what, what were those roadblocks what were those things that you had to uh, you had to overcome and things of that nature, but uh, I don't think you had it. Like you had nothing stop you. Like you may have had obstacles in your way, but it seems as though you just ran through them. <laughs> was there was there anything uh, that that you felt was a, a a hindrance that you had to overcome, and and what did you gain from that? So I enjoyed um, your interview with Chelsea Pierre. Um, yes. As I listened to that interview, it hit home in so many ways. And I don't think um, that is the conversation we don't normalize. We don't, we're, we're not having the conversations that women in technology, we get dismissed really, really quickly by our own counterparts I have been on a job. Uh, matter of fact, I had, <laughs> I actually brought in a guy with me on a deal, right? I gave him a phone call and I let him know. I said, I have this is going on. They're looking for this element and this element. And you guys offer this element and I would like to bring you in. I get to the table now, keep in mind, he is, now in this particular case, he's an African-American. He comes in and he sits down with me at the table. So I am doing a presentation to a white male. I am a black female at the table, clearly, and he's a black male. As we're talking, the white male is addressing me because he called and asked my company to come do do the presentation. As we're talking throughout that presentation, more and more, the guy, the black guy, is getting uncomfortable with the amount of attention that's going my side of the table, i.e., I know this too, but that's not what you were there for. Midway through the interview, he starts hijacking some of the questions, right? Not long after that, his business card comes out and he throws it to the guy at the table, at the head of the table, the white guy. The guy looks down at the card. He now sees the difference between that guy's card and my card, right? Also, so we're not talking the same business. So gradually, there's a shift in the interview because you've now established guy to guy, talk to me. 
So, but you're only at that table because I invited you to that table. When we got done with the interview, we had to go into the server room. I go with him to the server room. When I get in the server room, he's stumbling through how to get through the server. I politely say, can I have a go? I then come to the server and I start entering in the information that we need to pull the information that we need to go back and run what we needed to run. He looks at me, he says, you do this too? Yes, sir, I do. I invited you as a courtesy. As, as I said before we started this podcast, certain things I recognize that you did better maybe than me because my company specializes. See, I like to stay in my specialty. Right. But I also tried to bring you to the table so that we could all eat, sir. But just because I was here without a set of pants on, right? Or what comes in those pants, we actually have to have our own internal battles between whose meeting you were attending. See, these are the things that we have that nobody wants to talk about. These are, and you still have to keep your professionalism. You still have, or you're the angry black woman on site. Or you're the, you know, there's all of these terms that other people don't have to overcome while they prove that they know that they're good enough to be at a table. I've been doing, I did an interview um, where I was in a room, I was in a boardroom. The table was full of white men. Again, I am not racist in any shape, form, or fashion. I love all people. In that interview, they begin, I'm giving the presentation, but you can tell by the vibe in the room, there were those that were on board and then there was those that were not. I was stopped in the middle of my interview to be asked, what are your credentials? How are you here? Microaggressions. Huh? (laughs) Says microaggressions. (laughs) Yes. So without missing a beat, I told them, okay, so we're going back to my introduction because I thought I covered that. That's cool. That's cool. I'll give you a middle of it. So I give my credentials again. This particular individual, he was sitting there, he heard him. And as he's, he's just swiveling in his chair. In other words, I'm not even going to give you the decency to be still in your meeting. When he gets done swiveling in his chair, I was mid-presentation. He had let me start back talking, but I had maybe gotten three sentences in. And he stops and he says, I will never let you touch my servers. Okay, so... I stopped the meeting. Thank you for your time. And I picked up my stuff and I walked out. So I've been asked when I've told that story, you left? Because I was supposed to stay? For, for <laughs> what? He, 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 told, he basically told you that he's not, he's not in it. So, okay. I take, take my, my time and my business somewhere else. Um, you got to walk through doors that we can't keep banging down every single door. There's a, in a lot of ways, what we do and what we offer, especially as small business owners, we face a lot. We have our own employees that we have to pay. We have our own payroll, but we're forever trying to prove we're supposed, 
we have a right to be here too. Um, I think, and this is no offense against men, women actually deliver a, a, a different touch to technology. We offer a different touch to everything. Men have their way and we need men, but women have their way and we need women. And when you can bring them both together, it's a compliment, right? But when you, when you fail to recognize the compliment of the two, that, and so, and we take the short end of that. We're not looked at as a compliment. We're looked at as a threat. Shouldn't be. We, we can't keep being threats that keep us from certain places. I have a way, I see, I can see an issue a mile away that some, sometimes men, the, it has to literally blow up in their face. But I saw it coming. I saw three. Yeah, you had you had the, the intuition. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's why I always like, I always ask my wife, saying, "Like, what does your gut say?" Because <laughs> that's it. Like, don't like I don't trust myself, but I mean, like, hers is so in tune. So I, I get that that compliment. That does make sense. So why like? I I have a problem with with both instances, right? Like obviously I have a, a problem with the uh, the microaggression. I see your credentials. Like obviously I've already introduced myself, but that's more of a, a stereotypical type behavior. I, uh, not to excuse it, but it I'm more focused on the first one. Like why why would we not support each other? Like that 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 one bothers me. Like like like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> You, you were invited, and like we're trying to, we're trying to do something here. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we we say all the time on the podcast, like we only make up seven percent of all IT, seven percent. That's it. And like IT is continuously growing, but yet we still are not growing ourselves. Like we we did, but because we used to be five percent, okay, two percent. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but what about the support? Like it, I, like that that part definitely does trouble me. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like we we like. I, I stammer because it, it, it's upsetting. Um, like when I, when I reach out to people like, um, like shout out to Chelsea, uh, like definitely shout out to you, like uh, very receptive. Like I want to be on the show. I would definitely want to talk to you and have that conversation. Sometimes I don't get that though from, from uh, other males. Like I, I haven't had too many people who just completely gatekeep me and just didn't want to interact with me. But uh, again, like it, it's, it's a, like you said, it's a different vibe. Like I didn't have to, to, you know, uh, obviously, yeah, I had to tell you what the platform was for, what I was trying to accomplish, things of that nature. Like you, you have to vet, you know what I mean? Like you show up at the show, I'm a crazy person. Then, you know, it's not good for you or your brand. It's a waste of your time. But the teeth you have to pull sometimes with, with, uh, with people. And it, again, this is to show the uplift, not, not to bash, but I, the, it's just not enough networks. Like we're building them. Like, uh, so I don't know if you heard of uh, uh, the BCA, the, the Black Cybersecurity uh, Association. Mm-hmm. So they, they've let me speak at their clubhouse a couple of times, like real cool. Like it's, it's, a, it's a great time. It's a good vibe. Uh, I, I've not, I've, I, like, I don't know if you've done your own clubs or whatnot. I don't have the, I haven't had the courage yet to stand one up myself, but they let me come up, like brought invited me on stage. We could talk and stuff like that. But there were one out of maybe a thousand that may exist that you know i'm not tracking as opposed to the other million of uh clubs and associations and what have you so i 
long prologue to get you to <laughs> what do you think uh, needs to be to be done? Like what is, what is going to get us to a point where we're opening doors for each other? Well, <clears throat> as I said, it starts with us first. Um, and by us, I mean, you can only, you be the change first. I love your platform. I love that you're reaching out. It's, it's kind of like in business for every, what, 10 no's, you might get a yes. So we continue right. with, okay, so I might get a no and I might get a yes um, because everybody can't say no. When we can start also finding those people and putting them in what we call our tribe, right? So once I recognize, okay, well, you know, Ryan's cool people, Chelsea's cool people, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this too, and stop dismissing each other so quickly. Um, we, by nature, are very fearful of trusting others for good reason. That's the conversation that we don't have. It's for a good reason. We need to get past it. <laughs> Can't keep living in it, but for a good reason, I think. You know, we've been indoctrinated for years to not trust each other. But I tell people all the time, the difference is our counterparts, they can hate each other right there in public. But when it comes down to business, they will come in a room, sit down at a table. They will break that business down. They're going to make their money. Then they're going to get up and they're going to walk outside still hating each other. I don't have to be your friend, but I recognize the art of doing business and making money. Our problem also is, is too many first generations of us. And we have to own what is the responsibility of being a trailblazer and what is the, the responsibility of being first generation. And so what you're doing, the platform that you have, my platform that I need to start. So, and even in Clubhouse, that's a conversation that we need to have as a people do business with each other. If it's wrong or, or we're doing something wrong, tell each other, don't tell social media you ain't got to write a review from here to, to the moon that you didn't like it can you tell them and give them an opportunity now if they don't take that opportunity to better themselves also normalize cutting them off but eventually we're gonna we're going to find because we're all we're some of the same things it's my opinion Oh, it's, it's definitely valid. I, uh, I I do agree with all of it. To be honest with you, um, it, it definitely uh, you have to be like you said the change that you want to see. Like you you have to put yourself out there. You have to, to make it happen. Um, and I need to start a clubhouse. <laughs> and you need to start your podcast. I do. Um, <laughs> I do. But no, I, I definitely think that's inspirational. I think that will help people out. Like sometimes it, some, sometimes people have the, uh, the fear of success. Like, what does that look like? Like, because yeah. um, if you are the owner of your own business or you are self-employed or something like that and you fail, obviously it, it, it could be detrimental. But if you never try, you, didn't, you never will succeed. Like, it's just not possible. Like, it's not going to fall in your lap. 
uh, especially like you said, because there's a lot of, we have to be trailblazers, we have to be first generation, things of that nature. Like there's no, not a lot of nepotism um, that takes place. So. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I do face um, that, that I really wish that we could change too. I, I, I believe in mentorship. I look for mentors, like regardless of how the conversation, one of the groups that I'm in, and it's, you know, in some cases, people look at you and they say, oh, you made that look easy. But what they did not see was the nights you pulled your hair out, the nights you cried because you didn't know where to go, the mistakes you make along the way that you didn't necessarily have to make because there was no one. You couldn't pick up the phone and call mom and dad and say, hey, mom, I'm trying to grow my business and I'm trying to overcome this particular hurdle and I'm trying to do growth the way I'm supposed to. I need to hire extra people, but I don't necessarily know the tax laws or the rules or, um, you know, like I talked to a particular person you know they they change the rules around how many how you can hire consultants or contractors and put them on how long they can be a contractor for you some of these conversations nobody is having with us until the irs shows up and then you have a penalty for something you didn't know anything about um i i told literally i had the conversation well this is no shot at it um if i start a restaurant I can, I can go to the store and I can buy the groceries and then I can come back and I can be the cook and I can be the person to wash the dishes. I can do all of that as one person. But if you have a particular type of business where you yourself are held within compliance yourself, there's certain things that you need to know. Sometimes you actually have to be able to reach out and knowing who you can call and who you can trust is just as important for us as it is for the type of security we provide for people and their data. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, we do. Uh, and then definitely uh, start your network. So um, like I, I found you through Facebook, through the, uh, the Blackson uh, Information Technology and then it moved over to LinkedIn. So like definitely grow those networks out. Uh, club, we talked about Clubhouse and I have to find you on Clubhouse to follow you uh, yes. and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, that, that is definitely a, a lesson that we're getting there. I think, I think it's starting to grow. Like I'm starting to see these networks starting to pop up. Like, like I said, like the BCA was like very helpful. Like they're doing a lot of great things to get people into cyber and they're doing it realistically. Like they're trying to make sure people aren't going into like crazy college debt, um, in order to just become, you know, entry-level, uh, cybersecurity. Like that's not necessary. Um, <laughs> And then through talking this conversation, like you're definitely not a gatekeeper. Like you, you definitely are into, into the sponsorship and mentorship. So uh, we'll, we'll get there to where people can find you and what have you. But um, I, I know you're busy. I don't want to take up all your time. I could talk to you about all this stuff endlessly. Right. Uh, but one, one final question before we, we get to, uh, you know, you'll be able to tell people where to find you and, uh, and what have you. Um, so it, it could be cyber. It could be just personal growth. Uh, but what kind of uh, media content are you using um, to, you know, uh, either grow or unwind? It's a very general question. Like what, what, uh, what, what are you consuming? Because we talk about on the podcast all the time. Like we have a whole episode where we just talk about everything else but cyber. Just got to get it out. <laughs> like what did you do all week? So like what are you, what are you uh, gravitating towards now? Okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. My current, 
guilty pleasure, TikTok. I have absolutely fallen in love with TikTok. <laughs> okay, okay. Isn't that wrong with that? Um, <laughs> um, I love, I, and, and the thing is, and I guess uh, one of the reasons why I bring it up, we will pass judgment on something, especially as a particular, um, as Wendy Williams said, in a particular age group, right? Um, I'm no longer a kid, but I'm not old yet, so I can't figure out what I am. <laughs> um, however, because I, it's, I'm fine with Facebook and LinkedIn, but I really did. I did not really care for Snapchat or Instagram, you know, because we're not that generation that, you know, you just sitting around just taking selfies of yourself all day. Who has time for that, right? Right. So <laughs> I put TikTok in that bucket. And I had, oh, I'll never look. I'm not going to get into TikTok. And of course I have to, because I have to keep my business, you know, so I have an Instagram and I have, yeah, I have Snapchat. So it's not like I don't have it. It's just not, you know, I didn't think that I would, I would like it. Um, But I will tell you, I love the one minute snippet information. I am blown away with what people are able to do in that 60 seconds. the, the, the right creators, the content creators, they are giving you massive nuggets that you have to pay attention to or you'll miss it. But then it can be comedic. It can be inspirational. It can, there's so many different ways that people are going about delivering their information in one minute. I love it. I love it. That's my thing. So TikTok okay. will be in no, nothing wrong with that. So I, I've I've fallen victim as well. Like uh, I I have to not start my day with it because I'll lose track of time. So if I like open it up, it's the first thing I look at. Like you think like I'm gonna watch a couple thirty seconds, sixty second clips, and then fifteen minutes later, <laughs> you're like, where did the time go? So I, I don't judge you. I'm not I'm not gonna judge you on that one. And it's great for marketing, like you said. Like uh, I I'm trying to work on some stuff, but it's. It's, there's an art there and I, I need to uh, practice. <laughs> so it's, it's why I'm watching it because again, one minute to deliver everything, but then also the way they can edit them. And so I'm watching them to learn. Then I fall off the learning track and I'm just enjoying myself. It's good for you. That's right. only 15 minutes. I can lose an hour to just. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to. That's why I look at it during the during the morning because I, you know, I mean, there's certain you have a certain time budget. Like I got to get up, I got to get ready. Uh, yeah. I have I don't mess with that night, but I, I watch YouTube. Like so, I'll start off with like oh, I want to learn something new today, and then I like, delve into like nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. I get that, but you you, you got to unwind. Like um, that's why we talk about it every week on the show. So it's like, what did you do to unwind? Like, what movie did you watch? What book did you read? Things of that nature. So. No, that makes sense. Like, I, I, I applaud you for like unplugging because we, we definitely need to do that. Um, yeah. So to to wrap it up uh, and like before you said you didn't want to plug like, like shamelessly plug yourself, like whatever you feel comfortable uh, talking about, like let us know uh, just anything like if you have any uh, upcoming projects, which is hopefully a podcast um, and then where we can find you at. And then I'll also put it in the description. Okay. Well, first of all, I will be starting my podcast. I would love to extend an invitation to you right now that I would love to have you on. <laughs> uh, hey, you let me know. 
But obviously, we got to figure out the, the whole time thing because I'm uh, so far in the, so far in the future. <laughs> yes, you're in the future. So call me back in the past and let me know. Um, don't give me as hard a time as I gave you. How about that? Because I do apologize. It wasn't intentional. <laughs> no, like you, you're busy. Like people, as they get through the uh, the podcast, they will see you have a lot of different projects happening. Like, uh, so I I appreciate you finding the time to, to stop by. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are Dorinda Technology. Um, like I said, we are issues management consult technology consulting firm. Um, I guess located out of Monroe, Louisiana, or Dallas, Texas. Um, either or find us at either office. We are on all the social media platforms. Um, well, we have a website, www.dorensic.com. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok. almost (laughs) i'm on tiktok um and uh linkedin definitely you know we we host a series of classes um matter of fact we uh we have we just completed a disaster recovery and business continuity class the follow-up to that one will actually happen in june because um june is the start of hurricane season so get with us if you know if you if you know that you're not prepared for a natural disaster you know um so we have those classes that are coming up i have a very exciting program that we're going to be launching soon i will definitely get with you on that one because it's i'm very excited about it um that we're going to be rolling out um for parents and their children so uh, again we're very excited um you can reach us at uh do you want the phone number yeah, any, anything you feel comfortable with, because you know, it's going to be on internet forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, but the we are we well, I can give you our phone number, and you can you know drop it in any of the information as opposed to me calling okay. phone numbers. But that's it. Okay, no problem. So yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, if you guys are not following. Uh, uh miss hollands on uh any of those platforms please do so uh i'll definitely put the description on the bottom uh stay tuned like there's more to come so we will definitely anytime you have something coming up that you want to uh to bring up or plug or what have you i I definitely would love that information so i can share it Uh, again uh hopefully this encourages other people like just be a sponsor like get get each other out there um share and what have you um don't gatekeep. <laughs> we talk about it a lot. We talk about it a lot, but a lot of people were saying that don't gatekeep are being gatekeepers. It's like, hey, like I, I'm, confidentiality, got it. But if you can share something, uh, if you can uh, tell somebody about a previous mistake, like you said, or if um, uh, you've overcome an obstacle, or if you see one coming in the future, like we need to hook each other up. We need to get it. Um, we need to grow the seven percent. Like I, w- I want to be at seventy percent. I want to take it over. <laughs> we, we will be it. it. Um, but thank you again for, uh, for being on the show. Uh, I definitely appreciate it again, uh, follow her on all of her social medias. Uh, and, uh, I would say, uh, you are the, the second interview. I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Shout out to Chelsea Pierre, uh, shout out to, uh, Jeff Lodick. I keep saying my mentor, but I don't say his name. So Jeff Lodick, uh, he, he's the one who, uh, definitely says, you know, fail, fail, uh, forward like get out there so if you if you are inspired by this and you think you want to do something in the future uh definitely do that if you want to you know reach out to us to be on the show or to you know uh share some words of wisdom hit us up 
So uh, it's been a great show. I appreciate it. Thank you again for your for your time and uh, much success uh, in all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. No problem. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> I never had an Indies. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you.